0: hey what's up it's me your boy andrew and today i'm hosting a podcast it's called bad pipes with me is my little buddy scott
1: Scott kelly welcome to the bad pipes podcast
0: let's first address the allegations uh tom was supposed to be on this episode but uh he did fall asleep (laughs) fucking tom so allegedly tom is a sleepy little boy
1: tom is a sleepy little boy it's fine he's right. just again he's just a guest he's just a guest host every now and then he's just a sleepy little
0: guest host
1: do you want to um do you want to address the other allegations
0: oh do we just want to leap in the lizzo
1: yeah, yeah we can
0: it's the first time I've ever used your name correctly
1: normally you say Rizzo right
0: I don't mean to but that's <laughs> how it comes out
1: fair all right <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so there's a lawsuit against, uh, Lizzo. Uh, yeah, alleging, let's let's see what we got. So I believe there were a couple different factors in here, and it wasn't just Lizzo who was listed on here, it was also the dance team captain, Charlene Quigley, who was also listed as a, I believe, a co-defendant on this lawsuit. Yep um so allegations against lizzo i believe included um just misconduct in general i think uh ranging from commenting or uh addressing uh weight changes on some of the dancers Uh,
0: specifically it was uh confronting them on their weight gain
1: yes Confronting it. I think that's important because again, I think I, I mentioned pre-recording that uh I thought for sure it must have been like, oh, you're too skinny or whatnot. Um
0: what's even crazier is I'm um, I don't know if you're gonna get to this part, but I'm jumping the gun here. Uh-huh. Um forcing your employees to go with you to a sex show.
1: Yeah, so I, I was reading something on that, that they were not aware of the entertainment that they were getting into. They were not told that this was like an actual sex show or anything. Um, then,
0: uh, for the faint of heart, maybe you just want to like push forward two or three minutes. But uh, I'm going to give you five seconds. I'm going to count you down. Five, four, because it's, it's pretty. There's some <laughs> There's some three. silly, gross details here. Two. Uh, one, one um being goaded by your employer to catch a a dildo coming out of someone's uh lady parts
1: that's I did not hear about that part that is wild
0: yes and also being like goaded to like uh cop a feel on these like female performers or whatever and things like that i was wow. like what the fuck? Okay. Uh, just That's... laying the cards out here. I've never even been to a strip club. Like, I've never gone to one, never had any interest in going to one. If one of my employers across my many years of employment was like, hey, we're going to go to the, this thing, uh, show up to a blah, blah, blah club, and I got there and it was a strip club, I'd be like, no, goodbye. <laughs> And fucking leave. Um it's an, it's crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. Um Yeah, that's I could not imagine. I was like I was going to say I've never been to like an actual strip club. I've been to I mean, I've been to like Grand in Daytona, which doesn't really qualify because the laws around there are like you're either you either get to serve liquor or you get to have nudity you can't have both so like they serve liquor so like it's pretty much just like it's just like a whole lot of like ladies in bikinis dancing
0: which so i mean i'd probably be fine with that i'd probably still be like well this is weird but yeah, whatever.
1: well Honestly, no one's pushing
0: I'm, me to catch a sex toy flying no, out exactly. of someone's.
1: <laughs> and it's like anytime, oh. anytime I had been there, it's more so of like, like watching these dancers. You're just like, damn, they're actually like really athletic. Like the shit they're doing, like like they have like the rings there and shit. Like where they like they're doing like the ring acrobatics. It's like that's actually really impressive. Uh, but I never had an experience of like a private room or like any of the like actual like dancers on me um so yeah um but then let's get so like now we've talked about that let's talk about shirlene uh, quigley her her dance captain
0: um yeah and what she's this accused what, of like didn't make it, sense to me it was like it, exactly. they're going out and they're doing this stuff but then this quigley woman is like posting all the time about like Uh, no one's gonna stop me from talking about the Lord no matter what job I'm in yeah so it's like
1: she uh, apparently she was like pushing uh, her religion and religious beliefs onto these dancers and it's like okay
0: on this one girl like yeah started the lawsuit
1: yes Uh, like Davis Davis. yes last name Davis
0: Um, yeah and on top of that she found out that this Miss Davis was a virgin and would like bring it up in interviews and things like that yeah it it,
1: it says right here that when she discovered Davis was a virgin it became a topic of extreme importance to Quigley that's like
0: just leave people's business alone you're in a freaking business relationship with someone like
1: don't
0: pry I don't know like this whole thing just rubs me the wrong way
1: yeah. And then it says here, Quigley also allegedly simulated sexual acts and shared graphic details of her sexual fantasies with the other dancers, making the plaintiffs uncomfortable. That's uh, that's just it's just wild to me that like you have like this one side that's like, <laughs> yeah, we were work. we we were going to strip clubs or like sex clubs and literally getting uh, dildos projectiled into our mouths (laughs) but also we're praising the lord
0: I don't think there's any speak of uh, them going in the mouths or anything but I think there was like a launching of objects and a catching of objects Um, which is funny because I I do know people that are like yeah we went to this club and there was a lady that would like launch a ping pong ball and if you caught it (laughs) in a cup you'd win like 50 bucks or something like that like just hey. trashy clubs that you're like, I'm never gonna fucking go there. Like that's.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe if you. I have no
0: interest in seeing that.
1: <laughs> maybe if you catch the dildo, you earn a little bit of money. Uh, maybe, maybe that free lap dance. Maybe Lizzo wasn't paying paying the dancers enough. They're they're trying to. <laughs> or I mean, I guess she was the one telling them to do this. So maybe maybe her tour is just not making enough money.
0: All right. Are we are we done with this? I want to be done with this.
1: I was going to say we can we can shift into uh, Taylor Swift real quick if you want to talk about uh the the work she's doing.
0: You're more familiar with this than
1: I am, so Yeah, so uh it came out. I think the uh, initial um uh the uh initial article or, or story that broke was that Taylor Swift um, gave out $5 million total worth of bonuses to her 50 truck drivers who worked on the Ares Tour. So if you do the math, $100,000 bonuses for each of the truck drivers, which is I mean, that is life-changing money. Um, that uh, I know some of the truck drivers said that allows them to like go and has allowed them to go and buy a house or uh, do do whatever, maybe pay off their truck.
0: thousand uh, I mean, dollars is a significant down payment on a house. So,
1: Exactly. So, I mean, that's life-changing money. Um, then it came out, um, so that was like the initial story I saw. Then it came out that not only did she give the truck driver's bonuses, there was another $50 million, so $55 million total to all of the workers. This includes the caterers, you know, any just uh, admin staff, dancers, everyone. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming
0: like roadies and things too.
1: Yeah. I believe she gave bonuses to all of these people, probably around that range of a hundred thousand dollars, totaling $55 million in bonuses. Um, so pretty, pretty nice to hear that she's doing that. Um, Cause I mean, I think I, when, we, when we, you're we like talked the about the biggest
0: modern day pop star.
1: That's yeah. kind of uh yeah, no, because we we I, I know I mentioned a this at the beginning. It, there. It's been recognized by Wall Street investors and uh, multiple publications. I think Forbes mentioned it that like uh, her tour has had a significant impact on the economy, potentially saving us from a recession due to all the travel, money spent on travel, money spent on hotels and eating out and whatnot. Um, and I think, I think that the final total was like after this tour, she was basically going to have been launched into being like a billionaire. Like she was going to make a billion dollars. I think I also heard that like all the cities that she toured in, um, she went and made significant donations to the food banks there. Um, so no, I mean, I think generally it's good to hear of like a pop star, a celebrity actually doing some good, um, with like the money they're making so kudos kudos yeah. to her pretty
0: like, awesome we, we both come from a tourist town anyway like yeah uh, daytona orlando both of those are tourist towns or cities i guess mm-hmm. and uh i mean i mean really florida in general events going on that's what keeps a lot of these communities alive yeah and uh even if it's just like going to big cities and getting people to come there and spend money in the restaurants and things that keeps a lot of a lot of those places operating
1: yeah Yeah, pretty awesome
0: yeah it is pretty cool all
1: right what do we got next
0: uh movie news i just wrote down the great postponing so i talked a couple weeks ago about a bunch of movies getting pushed back warner brothers has said they are absolutely not going to move the release of uh, aquaman 2 which is kind of interesting because i think as a little back is like a week or two ago jason momo was st- still saying that they were like doing reshoots yeah so i'm gonna be honest i don't have much faith in that film um
1: i was like this is gonna be another whole like the original what was it the original uh justice league or whatever that was like garbage and then they were like uh oh, we're gonna release the Zack snyder cut or whatever still have not yeah. seen that either of those movies I've only
0: seen the Snyder cut And it was like four hours long And halfway through it I think me and Shelby went and got food Came back and watched the second half (laughs) I want to be honest If you really like Zack Snyder movies You might like it If you don't Then it's just a really long movie That you're like This should have been three different movies
1: Yeah I What other movies has he done?
0: Uh, 300. I, I think he did. Know. Oh, uh, we did talk about this. We yeah, did we talk did, about talk Schneider. About
1: this before. Um, we Because, wait, is Zack Schneider, he's doing the sci-fi? He's just Schneider, the... by the way. Schneider. Schneider. Schneider.
0: Schneider. S-N-Y. Schneider. Like, Schneider.
1: So, Zack Schneider is doing... The uh, the new sci-fi series on Netflix, right? That's what we talked about
0: with him. Yeah, Rebel Moon. Yes. The Star Wars script that got shot down, so we went and was like, oh, we'll do this on our own.
1: Yeah. Fair. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I think it'll be a really
0: mid kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so right now it's kind of up in the air because they didn't say that about Dune 2, so I don't know if Dune 2 is coming out this year or if they're gonna eventually push that back um but kind of hand in hand with that is that uh a lot of these movies are being postponed because of the screen actors guild uh strike that's still ongoing um so that's kind of why a lot of these are being pushed back just because straight up your your stars in the movies can't promote them whatsoever and if you're familiar with like uh maverick top gun or whatever um that movie was only as blew up as much as it did because uh tom cruise was out there like yeah we just tried to make a movie that the fans would like you know um so like word of mouth is very big and when your stars that are in the movies can't be like Hey, I was in this movie, and I really liked being a part of it. And I think that you guys are going to like it. Then you're just you've got nothing going for you in this day and age. Um, Part of that, though, uh, also having to do with the Screen Actors Guild still being on strike, as well as the writers, is that uh, as of two days ago, a lot of these companies. came into the ability to enact force majeure termination. Mm -hmm. So basically what that means is that a lot of these producers who have ongoing projects with these studios have it written into their contract that their projects cannot be canceled unless the studio performs a force majeure termination, which means that they cancel all of their ongoing projects.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Um So some people are speculating that certain studios might want to do this just to get rid of a lot of this, like, Deadwood that is, I mean, straight up just, like, costing them money. Um, A good example of that is Disney, you know. We talked about whatever that Moon Crater movie was. I can't remember what it's called, but it was was only out on Disney Plus for 47 days, I think. Or Willow being a show that, like... I think people knew was not gonna be very good, and it getting pulled off of Disney Plus already. So this is like an opportunity for studios to just take a good, hard look at their projects, be like, you know what? We've only got one that's happened. Let's just burn it all down. <laughs> yeah. Start, start over from the- ground Rough. Up. Um, so yeah, that is just something going on. Uh, then, today, actually, uh, August 3rd, Warner Brothers Discovery had their uh, financial report or earnings call or whatever, and David Zaslau, or however you say his name, he made a comment that the strikes that have been going on saved them $100 million in the second quarter. Peace. Keep in mind, this is the studio that put out The Flash and almost certainly lost somewhere between 100 and $250 million. Yeah. Um, but an interesting aspect of that is that in this earnings call, he actually played up the, the other departments, I guess, that they have like big things in the works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Warner Brothers owns harry potter put out hogwarts legacy and that was a huge game uh as little as a few days ago shelby bought it and she's been playing the heck out of it uh seems like she's been really been enjoying it you know and it sold a ton of copies so uh but they got that i think they also brought up mortal kombat one is going to be coming out soon um Yep. So it's these big franchise names that have have pull. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much all the news that I think we have. Yeah,
1: no, I don't think I have anything else. Uh,
0: before we get to the Mad Maxes and Twisted Mel, have you watched or seen anything or read anything this past week or two that uh, kind of caught your attention?
1: nope alright I just mean? have
0: I wandered into a show on Amazon Prime just because uh-huh. it looked interesting to me it's called The English have you heard of it? I have not so it's Emily Blunt and I'll oh, get his name uh, it's Emily Blunt is a western that takes place in 1890 she plays an English woman and let me find his name I believe his name is it's either Chask or Chasky Spencer he's a Native American um, plays a Native American in the show I've only seen the first episode so, so far but mm-hmm. the writing was very good the story was interesting. It set up a pretty cool conflict. Um, Cause the story pretty much in the opening scene tells you that it's gonna be a romance and that it's kind of like a doomed romance. Um, but yeah, he he's playing a Pawnee scout that was part of uh, the American military. And he plans on using the fact that he was a serviceman to uh, get a parcel of land. Because, again, during like the Manifest Destiny, uh, mm-hmm. Occupy the Midwest, basically. Um, so, there's a lot of very interesting character work done. Um, I'm excited to keep going with it, but... Again, I've only seen the first episode, and it was really interesting.
1: Huh. I have to check that out. Yep.
0: Uh, So if you like westerns, that's on the table. Nice. Now you, for the first time in your life, have watched Mad Max, Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior, Uh, uh, and uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Which of the three was before, your favorite?
1: Before we got into, in, into the Mad Maxes, did you want to... Uh, I saw Transformers on here. Oh, yeah. D- did you want to mention something about that?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. All right, so uh sh- very short review here of Transformer Rise of the Beast. Uh, so this is a very urban story. Uh, like, the movie opens with, like, Wu-Tang and... Um, like, all the way down to Scourge, who is, like, the main bad guy. The main bad guy that we see, there is a a bigger bad guy, but he's, like, his right-hand man who's, like, doing most of the action. Um... Like, Scourge's faceplate looks like the MF Doom, his, like, iconic mask. Uh... Nice. The soundtrack was very fun. Um...
1: Oh, speaking of, uh, MF Doom, speaking of MF Doom, remind me after we're done recording, I have something, I have something cool to tell you. Okay.
0: Um, so I think whenever I said that I was going to watch this, I had said, I'm not excited that Pete Davison is one of the characters.
1: That he's voicing one, yeah.
0: His character fucking sucked. Like the uh, whole movie Just blew hard dude It's uh, yeah. supposed to be the comedic relief And maybe it's just me but like Nothing landed Every single scene he was in Just like sucked the charisma out of the scene
1: It's like um, damn Like we're really we, We're really gonna I Employ d- Pete Davidson to voice A character when we have voice actors Who could definitely have used that
0: Yeah, like, Money they
1: paid him for that shit
0: legitimate voice actors you know um god man but like it freaking sucks when the comic relief just ain't funny at all like he's the only real source of humor in the movie and so because he's not funny the whole movie just feels flat damn um Oh, I don't remember. I forgot to look up her name. I meant to do that before we started. But the female lead, uh, she was very good. So there's two human characters. One's a young man. The other's a young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the beast. Okay, her name is Dominique Fishback. I think she did a very good job. Uh, she's playing like a an archaeologist that kind of Puts them on the path of Figuring out, you know The plot of the movie yeah. Um I'm gonna try and stay pretty spoiler free Cause mm-hmm. These plots are already so thin That you give anything away And it's just, you've given everything away <laughs> Yeah Um Anthony Ramos plays Noah Who's basically the main character Um His dad's not in the picture, but he's at least uh, some sort of Latino. If I knew flags better, I could probably tell you which one in particular, because it was up in his room next to a Wu-Tang poster. Um, But he was generally okay. Wasn't really sold on him. He was definitely less interesting than the other character, Um, Elena. uh and there's this like contrived conflict between him and optimus prime that just felt like forced and unnecessary uh because long story short optimus prime wants the doohickey so that he can take the transformers back to cybertron uh noah wants to destroy the doohickey so that uh scourge and his boss can't destroy the earth um Got it, yeah, so like that's where it comes in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal, not bad. I feel like most of the voice actors, apart from Pete Davidson, were good. Like, you, you still got Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, and he sounds old and tired, but the dude is also like he's 82 years old, you know.
1: Damn, um, yeah.
0: You first started voicing this character, like, what, 40 years ago, probably? Been a while. Yeah, so... um, Yeah. I gotta admit, not a great movie. Oh, yeah.
1: I I wasn't expecting it to be.
0: I mean, like, even among the Transformers movies, I would not rank this one particularly high. Yeah. Like they all do things that annoy me, but this one again just felt like flat. It needed more Transformers in it and less people. (laughs) Fair. Um so yeah. Uh out of ten I think I'd probably give it like a four and a half. It just really wasn't there for me. Yeah. That's
1: fair. Yeah I have I haven't I couldn't tell you the last Transformers I watched, it's been a long time.
0: Well, because most of them, like any giant robot or giant monster movie, you're really looking for, like, cool action. And, yeah, spoiler alert here, boop boop, boop 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 Mirage basically gets, like, not quite killed, but basically, like, inoperable, and he turns himself into, like, a little suit. That Noah puts on, and then Noah runs around with the Transformers, like beating up the bad guys at the end of the movie, and it's it's just stupid.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, um, uh, I'll probably skip it.
0: I I recommend that. Oh, Michelle Yeoh, by the way, it was Air Razor She was also very good. Nice. Oh, yeah. I feel like she's good in everything she does, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's it. Let's move on. Mad Max
1: Mad Max so yep this was my first time watching the originals I did I I, I liked them I liked all of them they were very different I do like this progression and I feel like they kept it up with Fury Road it seems like there's just a progression of things becoming more and more apocalyptic and just moving further away from society (laughs) they're like being an actual society because like the first one's so different from any of the other ones yeah um the first one definitely feels it still feels like a recognizable recognizable conditions to like our modern day just like a little different where it's just like yeah there's like these lawless this lawless band of bikers that just like roll around and kind of do whatever they want and there is like a police force but they're just like they're kind of like uh, they feel very roguish. Like, they're out just doing whatever kind of, whatever the fuck they kind of want.
0: Yeah, there's only like, what, five of them, I think? And then a mechanic?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you, what, you had Max, you had Goose, you had like the two guys at the beginning, and then you have, uh, uh Fifi, Fifi, was it Fifi? The like, big, bigger guy, bald guy with the mustache.
0: Uh, I just call him the chief. Yeah, I think that, his name it, is like Chiefie,
1: Fife or something. F- Fifey, F- I think it was Fifey, something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, the first one, I did. Uh, I I liked. Um, it was like.
0: Yeah, his name's Fifi Mac Macafee. Fifi McAfee. Yeah, so um, I guess his name would be like. Chief McAfee.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Um, definitely it, it did feel a little slow at times or like I was trying to figure yeah. out like it, it felt kind of weird trying to figure out like where they were going or like what they what, what was going on. Um, and then there were like some some of the way it was like shot or like the way that they were doing the story felt a little disjointed or like they were hopping from one thing to the other without like a smooth transition. Mhm. Um but no, I mean I still overall liked it and it definitely gives a good background into like here's why Max is the way he is he basically just had this dude the toe cutter and his crew just effectively terrorize and like like kill his best friend and his wife and his child.
0: Well that's what's crazy about it right is like uh the goose is like horribly disfigured, right? He's not dead. He's going to live the rest of his life in that like terrible condition. Yeah, basically in in an iron lung. Yeah, his wife is effectively uh, brain dead. Um, His Mm -hmm. son, I believe, Mm -hmm. is killed. Like, they just slowly take everything from him, basically. Yeah. And it... There's that really interesting conversation right between him and the chief where he visits him and he's like look man i'm out uh and he's like we gotta make them believe in heroes again you know you and me max we're gonna do that and at the end of the movie uh max isn't a hero right like he's not doing what's right he's doing what he wants to do because he's been driven to that point yeah um Exactly. And they kind of make that argument that, like, uh, he isn't. (sighs) He isn't. Man, I just got so derailed. (laughs) I just just love talking about that movie. Um... Yeah, like, it's an interesting deconstruction of a hero, right? Yeah.
1: He's simply yeah, so this... like an anti-hero. Yeah. Anti-hero.
0: That's what I was trying to get to. Like he very much becomes like a what the comic depiction of like the Punisher is, right? Like the Punisher's family gets killed and then he just goes on a fucking bloodbath uh yeah. killing spree. And it's not because he thinks that that's the right thing to do. It's because he just really wants to do it. <laughs> um and like that's what mad max does is he gets pushed to this point where he's gonna like make these people suffer yeah um whenever you look into like why george miller made this movie in particular to begin with uh i think that he was like an ambulance driver or something like that so he was showing up to these like car crash scenes that were just horrific like terrible injuries um and so that's why you get so much of that in this movie. Uh, I mean, there's that point where like Goose in the very beginning is like talking about someone's face having to be like wiped off the side of a, a car or something, mm-hmm. uh, like while he's shoveling food in, and the other guy's like, "Yeah, I'm not hungry
1: now." <laughs> yeah. Um, um. I. I did feel uh, like as what like as I was watching through I was like damn it it just feels like um the movie really kind of like uh, like paid like appreciation to um to like cars and just auto in general which which is like a, a constant thing throughout Mad Max but like I think in general especially like with this first one being like the first one they ever did and kind of like being closer to like again our Modern society. Um, it was kind of cool seeing like the way and like the the, the choice of cars that they used, yeah. um, or like even I, like, motorcycles. Vehicles and
0: all. in themselves are characters, which I think yes. I talked about when we were talking about Fury Road.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, it's also kind of cool. Uh, I'll say that this generally goes th- for like. All three of the movies, it was kind of funny seeing these things that were, like, first done in one of these that is definitely, like, uh, reused in, like, Fury Road. So, like, for example, like, I just noticed, like randomly they'd have like a little like pole vault go on. So I think it was, um, yeah, they vault onto the
0: gas truck in this first one. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: first one they vault onto the gas truck. Um, I think there was another, uh, time that they, there was like a vault in the second one where they like vaulted onto the, the, uh, the big rig, same sort of thing. Or like vaulted like, like maybe it was where, where the actual it was, oil it was to refinery get back was
0: out of the refinery. If I remember yes. right. Yep.
1: That's, that's what it was. It was to get um, out of the refinery. Um, and then, like same thing with the, with the second one having the um two uh like uh, the the two people from the refinery the two uh, guys strapped to the front of uh H- humongouss car yeah. um which is it's just like paying homage to, like you had a lot of the like vaulting and stuff like the the poles attached to the cars in Fury Road that like swing back and forth and they kind of use that to vault onto um the war rig or like different things. And you have like Max at the very beginning strapped to the front of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like a, or strapped to the car as like a, a blood bag. I think, I don't know if he was at the, was he at the front? Yeah, he was uh, at the front. Okay. That's right. He was at the front at the very beginning. Cause then
0: so, they, uh, they blow their front tire and he's like, you got to move the blood bag to the back to, uh, that's, rebalance that's right. The wheel. That's right. He and got, he the got other moved to guy the back later is about to decapitate him and he fucking kicks him off the back. <laughs> yeah 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 it's interesting how like the earlier movies set up tropes for mm-hmm. Fury Road to uh subvert yes yep. um or you just get that like the motif like uh the bendy poles to like pull them out of the car and Fury Road uh being like the the vaulting onto the gas truck you know like you get these similar visual motifs mm-hmm. that all end up like coming through you know.
1: Yeah, like and I, I definitely recognize and kind of appreciate that they were, you know, that, that I, th- I think it's more of an appreciation that Fury Road did that, because um, like obviously these are the originals that you had these, things yeah. like pop up in, in like, first.
0: It's it's fan service to a certain degree, but it's not like egregious, right? It's not like name dropping someone that has only ever shown up in like a cartoon or something like. Yeah, Disney likes to it's, do with Star Wars.
1: It's these like really small things that are just kind of like, oh, like it. It just it kind of makes sense that like it, in this society and the way things shaped out that they just like they would do these things. Yeah, um, it feels very natural. I think in general. So, but yeah, no, uh, number one, I enjoyed. I felt. Um, oh, I I feel like it was satisfying. It was a very satisfying ending. Um, yeah, the first the thing way also- things went
0: feels like a very 70s movie well, like, yes very it's much deconstructing so constructing a hero it is like a a character exploration right um yeah. it's like the story of what drives a man to violence uh take away his purpose and he'll like turn against the world basically and yeah. it it starts with max doing that to someone else right like the knight rider is driving and then like loses chicken and then like realizes that he's not who he thinks he is uh the beliefs that he holds uh highest he doesn't fulfill and uh they even have that line when they go to pick up his coffin like they didn't leave much of him and then um oh what's his name uh Bubba Zanetti Mm -hmm. is like they ripped out his heart you know yeah like, the dialogue in this first... Like, all, the dialogue in all of these movies... Like, some of it, it feels like it's just meant to be quotable. And then some of it's, like, really poignant. And this one, there isn't a whole lot of talking. So when there is, it's important, right? Yeah. Um. And then this one is, like, so tonally different from Road Warrior. Because Road Warrior is, like, taking that character who has been deconstructed and it's reconstructing a hero out of them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, um, we can get into the second movie now. Cause yeah, overall, like, like the first one and then it's a totally different, I, I I'll say even so like, uh, and I, so I watched like the first one on 2B and then uh, um, the second one and Thunderdome are on, I think max HBO. Um, that's where I watched those. Um, but no, like even just like the uh, definition, like the actual filming and like the quality of the, you know, the, uh, actually yeah, I mean, the camera quality. quality was so vastly different. Like I, I mean, watching, uh, the, the watching road warrior and beyond Thunderdome. Um,
0: yeah, you can see and, where the. Like money went, Tec- know. yeah. The, the money in the that technology in general three hundred fifty thousand dollars to make Mad Max was clearly spent on like the cars and the exactly, explosions. yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Because like it, it was so I, I was watching it. And I was like, damn, this like this is so much clearer. Like I I just watched the the first one. And I'm like these two are so much clearer, um, and just feel like they could even like be slightly like more modern, um, like watching about it. i even say like in the nineties, like it just it felt very clean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Part number two is just like wins quality,
0: right? Because, like, yeah. uh, these were shot on film, so like they do come up to like a pretty high definition in the modern day pretty easily, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, just like that exploration of like what gives a man purpose, right? And then this movie also is like a kind of like proto John Wick, right? Because he's got his dog oh. for, like, most of the movie.
1: Yeah, that it, it was so funny because, like,
0: that, that's another car, thing. They
1: they kill his dog. That's another thing I want to say. I'm like, man, what the fuck is up with the, everyone killing his dog all the time? Like, why can't you just... Why can't he have a friend? Why can't you have anyone? It's <laughs> like, they kill everyone this man ever loves. I'm like, the first one, you, you got, like, the, the, the dudes, like, grab his dog and, like, hang it from the tree or whatever. There's just, like, a quick shot of his wife seeing it. And I'm like oh cool like the second one we go into it I'm like oh, he's got this little like Australian cattle dog that's dope like hopefully it he makes a cool it, like
0: character
1: yeah I'm like uh, when if he this dies, dog... its you, if you're really upset about it dude I'm like this dog is gonna stay with him for the whole movie like there's no way they're gonna kill his dog again and then I saw what they were doing where the dog lick up on the rock I go don't you fucking do it and that guy shoots him and I'm just like man he just he just can't have anyone in his life no I'm like that's why he that's why he like saves everyone and lets them go on their way because like if he stays around they're just gonna die. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that it, it, I I did very much enjoy. I I liked Road Warrior more than the first one. Yeah. Um, I will say I think Road Warrior is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I thought at the very beginning, I thought Beyond Thunderdome was gonna be my favorite. So I'm watching. I'm watching Beyond, Beyond Thunderdome. Thunderdome.
0: Is definitely a little more. Like, the camp in each one of them kind of gets cranked up until you get to Fury Road, where, like, the camp is so well incorporated that it yeah. it's just fully cool. There's, like, no cringe about it, whereas, like, no. in some of these, you do cringe a little bit. Yeah, um, well,
1: my thing was, like... Uh... We can get into that with, when we get to Beyond Thunderdome. No, so Road Warrior, I really, I really enjoyed. Obviously, we're getting more of the, like, hey, we're heading further into post-apocalyptic territory where, like, obviously these vehicles are, like, crazily outfitted. Like, they're giving that, like, rust, like, uh, yeah, marauder like... aesthetic. Oh, um,
0: I forget what the term is, but it's, uh, like...
1: I almost want to say, like... You have like Steve. I would. i want to say like metal punk, auto punk. I don't. What's what is the term for it?
0: Uh, for this kind of stuff. Oh, jeez.
1: Um. Diesel rough. punk. That's what it is. The no. aesthetic for Mad Max is called diesel punk. Is it? That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, there's actually a Wikipedia for it. In- or, or gasoline punk, diesel punk, gasoline punk. I
0: was going to say, I, I, diesel punk in my mind is more of like a, a very early uh, 20th century um, like steampunk, basically. You know, hmm. uh, I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, like gas punk sounds legit. I think if you said like gas punk, rust punk. Uh, yeah. Fucking post-apocalyptic punk. I think people would be like, yeah, those this all fit." Max, yeah. Um, but yeah, and them like incorporating that punk sort of philosophy of like DIY, like, yeah, uh, these things have to be practical before anything else, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, no, it's uh.
0: But yeah. Road Warrior is also very much an '80s film.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed getting. I like that they leaned further and further into the aesthetic. Um, yeah, no, part I of thought it was just
0: <laughs> production value. They had money to do it, you know.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Um,
0: I thought this. No, one was um, pretty funny because all the like the like hockey pad type stuff.
1: Yeah, I did think that was pretty funny how, like, the, the crew that's, like, taking up the oil refinery, they're all, like, and, and they're wearing, like, it's, like, white, it's, like, these white pads and shit, and, like, even, like, white clothing. Yeah. Um, and then all the bad
0: guys were in black leather.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then you have, uh, old gyro captain.
0: <laughs> yeah, and his, like, yellow spandex with, like, what, pink shoes, I think.
1: Pink yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think. Oh, were they pink or yellow? I thought, that, I thought it was like yellow, yellow okay, spandex and yellow like, shoes. Uh, maybe I can't remember.
0: It's like that point where uh him and the dog are fighting over the dead snake and he's like, you know you are what you eat. And like when you first see him, you're like, this guy looks like a snake. He literally like comes up out of the <laughs> out of the sand. Yeah. Like a freaking snake, yeah. You know? Um Um
1: you know what? Think...
0: Is also the beginning of the sort of merit, uh, meta narrative of Mad Max, which is that all of these stories are like legends that are like handed down, you know? Yeah. So Mad yeah. Max is a wasteland legend rather than like an actual uh, character.
1: Yeah. yeah um, definitely. Um, no, I think you're right. I think his shoes are pink. He's got like yellow spandex. I think the bottoms are yellow. Is what hmm. I'm thinking of. His like his souls are yellow, but he's got like pink and then he's got like a pink scarf on. Yeah, I that dude was he might be my favorite character in in Road Warrior.
0: I don't know. I'm kinda torn because I also really like um like another standout performance in Road Warriors, Vernon Wells, who plays Wes, who's like the main henchman for Humongous.
1: Um, oh yeah, yeah.
0: He also plays Bennett in Commando with Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, I just like his <laughs> his little boyfriend for like half the movie, who then <laughs> takes a boomerang to the head.
1: Oh yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't even make it like half the movie. He made it to like the first like quarter, and then the, that was that was one thing. I I don't know how much of a fan I was of this like little gremlin kid, this little feral kid who's just like. Yeah, I'm going to, like, everyone else that lives in this place is, like, a normal person trying to, like, build a small society. And this kid's just running around, like, growling and hissing at people with a boomerang. And then he's just, like, yeah, he just crawls about out of the hole. And he's, like, let me just chuck this boomerang and domes that fucking guy right at the, like, very beginning. <laughs> and I'm just, like, what the fuck
0: is this? It's funny because they've established so well that, like... The other dude is always right next to him. So when he looks over and ducks, it's like, yeah, of course it fucking hits that guy. Yeah. In the head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
1: I love that. And then, and uh, then He yeah. fucking
0: chucks it, and the other guy is being a little toad and goes and tries to catch it.
1: <laughs> I do, um, I do love our, uh, our all hail Lord Humongous. Lord Humongous.
0: He's got a his vehicle is it's like a fucking tractor that's just got the oh two beats, yeah it's
1: like <laughs> crucified it. on
0: the front of it yeah
1: yeah i also appreciate that they never unmasked him
0: yeah he's just like some super jack dude yeah who has like
1: he was kind of giving me sweet tooth vibes <laughs>
0: Oh, 100% Sweet... The the Twisted Metal depiction of Sweet Tooth is, like, heavily based in Mad Max characters, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, Humongous, Master Blaster, uh, Rictus. Like, all of those characters walked so that twi- uh, Sweet Tooth and Twisted Metal could run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, Road Warrior, great movie. Um... Yeah, I, I yeah. It, it, it just made a lot of sense. And I like I liked whenever the, me the story. and Tom
0: were talking uh, last week, and I was like, "Yeah, Fury Road is just Road Warrior, but better." You know? Yeah. Uh, I I one hundred percent stand by that. I don't think that Road Warrior is bad in any degree, but like Fury Road is if you give Road Warrior. 200 times the budget and it is exactly what you want from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um
0: like, I still think that it does a good job of world building. Like, there's a lot of exposition in the very beginning of the movie, but once mm-hmm. things start moving, it does very well and it does it without a whole lot of talking. Oh, um, yeah. And it's, it's a pretty movie, too, for the most part. Like, when he's up on that cliff and just watching for, like, a day or two mm-hmm. and, like, they try to do the breakout and then they flip the car and then you see the woman and the man down there and he gets like pinned to the car and horrible things are happening Yeah, Uh, yeah. to the point where like the other dude is like looking away disgusted with the acts of mankind, you know? Um, But like all of those, like the, the sprawling Vista, the, like, kind of mountains and things, like, man, that's a pretty area. Like, if, yeah. if well, was, Australia looks like that, it's got
1: amazing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I appreciate, like, the uh, aerial shots they did. Um, like, from the perspective of the gyro. Um, like, cause like, you have, like, these, like, moving aerial shots they did of, like, the, um especially, like, especially, like, the last scene when you have, like, the big... The the big rig chase and everything. Um, I just, like, I, I noticed that they're just, like, trying to do it from the perspective of the gyro and how kind of cool that looked. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, man. And this movie does so many, like, little things that just, like, they just set you up to get, like, punched in the heart. Like, the mm-hmm. the one... I think she was actually a model or something, but, like, the, the pretty one who's, like, very... Uh, like tall and standoffish and
1: whatnot. Oh, uh, the one who like apologizes to Max. She's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, yeah. When she like, like
0: initially gets like shot or something and she's like hanging off the side and then you see like, Oh, she's still alive. And then like 30 seconds later, they drive up and just throw her under the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. You're like, Oh my
1: God. You're like, damn, they're just ruthless.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. like, Kind of in the vein of like the, uh, oh, what I say before? Be- this being like a proto John Wick type movie where like John Wick is a movie made almost entirely by second unit guys who's like stunt men and those sorts of thing. Uh, that's what this movie feels like. That entire chase where it's just like dudes hanging off of cars and then like hang off the side to pull people like off of the one and like th- throw, you know, obviously fake people like under the wheels and stuff like all of that just looks so dangerous you know yeah um and, and like even for this being a movie made in the early 80s like they really do well with selling you on that danger mm-hmm. there's like fire and shit man it's a cool movie
1: yeah uh, they've great job with it um yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then uh yeah, uh Beyond Thunderdome.
0: Um Maximum Camp. Yeah. This is so we're like we're going full throttle into camp.
1: Yeah. No, I um I really enjoyed the beginning of it. Um yeah. I thought it was really cool. So like you have like him with his like caravan, it gets stolen by the the like homie in the plane. Um, and then he like has to go to Bartertown, so like I was like, dope. You know, Bartertown seems pretty cool. I've wanted to see like, like what a standing city would look like. In exactly, because like, especially having seen Fury Road already, like you know, there's like Gas Town and Bullet Farm and yeah, um, there's like, then, the like Citadel. They
0: actually are kind of just feels like a military stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so I was like. Okay, dope. Like we're getting to see like this place, and it's like kind of cool because like you got to check in with the, the, the dude at the beginning and like have something there to trade or whatever, and he lets you in. Uh, you got Tina Turner as uh, what, Auntie. Um, pretty random, yeah. but um, I feel like she did a fine job.
0: If I remember right, I think she was like the majority of the budget for this movie.
1: <laughs> That's wild. Um, I, I not I don't know why you'd feel the need to be like, yeah, we have to have Tina Turner for this role.
0: But also, it's not like an over-the-top like. She feels like a real character, right? It doesn't feel like she yeah. is a, a kind of like bland, generic. She, she's not rings of power, Galadriel. Mm-hmm she's very much like a, a Cleopatra type character no and I, like,
1: I, I felt like she did a great job in the role. Like I, I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and so she's now, like,
0: shown as being like competent, like mad max. I mean, max just plays like right into her hand, basically.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought it was cool. Like they, they set it up really well. And then you have like him finding out about um master blaster. And it's like, Oh, that's hilarious. Like this, like, Basically this like giant dude being ridden by another guy. And they're just like this driving force of Barter Town. Yeah. Um, and then you find out about Thunderdome and you're like, fuck yeah. Let's see some fights. And I'm like, I think the movie would have been amazing if they had just like had it be like a tournament. And it's like, you gotta fight your way through this tournament have a lot more action like fighting and shit Mm. um the you lost me as soon as max gets like exiled gulagged from barter town and -hmm. they set him in the desert and then he meets these kids
0: that was kind of like and there's like a weird sort of spiritual savior from the sky kind of thing right
1: yeah so captain captain turner um it's so like, I was trying to piece it together. Um, it, so where did these kids come from? Why are they only kids? Is it ever like explained or hinted at? I.
0: Here's where I come clean. Uh-huh. I, I didn't watch Beyond Thunderdome for this, so it's been a little bit since I've seen it. Um, ah, fair. I can't so... remember, but I also remember being unenthused with the ending, because you're like... <laughs> what's going on
1: that's exactly so like as soon as, as so like i'm i'm watching it i'm still even like, like a once, children's colony
0: yeah even Where once they like
1: from? even once they kicked him out and like like sent him out looks like they sent him out on the horse or whatever and the horse just like the horse dies and then he's there and the monkey comes and brings him the water and i'm like dope max is gonna do his his thing he's he, the mad lad he's gonna get up and he's gonna go seek vengeance on barter town and fucking Tina Turner. Um. And I'm like. Dope. We're gonna get more action. And then yeah. All of a sudden he just like. Meets these kids. And I'm like. Where the fuck is this going? Um. Cause, cause like. Again. So like. I. Watched all of these throughout work today. It was, it was a slow day. Yeah. So I had these playing. Um. I got, like, halfway through Thunderdome before I had to head home. So, like, I had I headed here and then, like, turned it on to finish it up. And I was doing, like, I was, like, folding laundry and stuff. Um. And, like, I don't feel like I was that distracted. But it it felt very disjointed or, like, I'm trying to figure out. Because, like, I very much was, like, watching them do their whole, like, they give, like, the whole spiel or, like, the whole story behind, like, it's almost like a prophecy or something. Mm-hmm. So like basically like the prop from the prophecy I got is like there's this dude Captain Turner like another one of him is going to come along and fly them away to the to what tomorrow Morrow land, which is like an actual city. It's um, so, like the prophecy ends up getting fulfilled at the end because like the random things that happen. But I'm just like I'm sitting here thinking I'm like okay there's all these kids. The apocalypse has been going on for a while. Where did all these kids come from and why are there only kids here? Like, are there like who created these kids? Um.
0: It's kind of implied that the people who have been gulagged have and uh, that once there is a community there, uh, Mm -hmm. they go off to try and find somewhere else where they can bring them all that will be like a safe, good place to raise them. Right. Right. That but makes a there lot just more sense. Isn't one of those places anymore? Uh, it's kind of the idea of the Green Place in Fury Road, right? Yeah. Okay. Where uh, we're gonna go to the Green Place? Is he, is he coming to the Green Place with us? You know, and there's like this spiritual uh, Shangri-La.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I might have. I might have missed some some of that. But no. Um, yeah, that was where it kind of lost me. And I was like, why? Yeah, I I don't know how I felt about that, like, becoming, like, the, the, like, main driving force of the story, because, like, at that point, Max is just, like, because, like, you do have, like, they take this as a sign, like, oh, shit, like, home is here, so, like, obviously, like, we need to go out and, like, what would she say, track, or whatever, Savannah, like like there she's she's going to take a group or whatever and he's very much like no no one's leaving we're gonna stay here and live like a happy life or whatever and then they end up leaving anyway. so he goes to track him down that's the only reason he goes back to barter town it's like max was very much ready to settle down and just call it quits in that place um so yeah well, I, mean, I don't know that been
0: out in the world and he kind of knows like it's shit hey it doesn't get there's than else, this, actually yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, which makes makes a lot of sense. Obviously, it's not gonna make for a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that the whole thing with the kids was kind of like, eh, I don't know how I felt about that. It's like the the plot. Yeah. Um, I did think it was kind of cool though how they like they had like this whole story, this whole prophecy, or whatever. And then like it like slowly like as they're moving through the the story, it gets the prophecy gets fulfilled with like them finding the little like the record player, the sonic thing, whatever they call it. Uh, and then they f- end up finding the dude and his kid from the very beginning with the plane, and then all the kids get flown away, and they fly through Sydney, um, kind of fulfilling that prophecy of like they find, and then and then it's uh, it's shown at the at the very end like what they like they basically set up like set up a colony or set up in the city. Um so yeah, kind of cool that, like yeah that prophecy gets fulfilled in a way, but I think. I think we could have shifted. I don't know. Again, I think it would have been. You could have just completely changed the plot. To like, yeah, Matt Max goes back, and or like Max fights his way through the Thunderdome for like a majority of the story, or like there's more to do with like Bartertown, like taking it over, fighting Auntie and her forces there.
0: Yeah, I think there's. Uh... There's probably some, like, social commentary there going on about, like, society is corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, uh that's what uh, led the world to its downfall. And we have not learned our lesson yet.
1: I, I also just want to say I thought it was fucking hilarious how there's the whole big chase. Uh, uh, Tina Turner and her crew are chasing down uh, this uh, they're chasing down Master they just want Master so they can stay there and generate the methane for them to continue to power Barter Town
0: isn't he the only one that knows how to run the machinery
1: yeah exactly he's the only one who knows like that, that's the, the whole chase was just so that they could go grab him and take him back they the didn't master, care about by the, the kids way, played by
0: Angelo Rosito
1: yeah um,
0: a short man yeah, yeah short fellow. was
1: great Um,
0: One might call him a dwarf.
1: One one might. If
0: that's the correct term. I hope it is.
1: Oh, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to take a quick aside here to talk about uh, something else that uh, is is a little newsworthy? Um, What it is. Just real quick. So this goes in the same vein of um, our seven magical creatures uh, due to Peter Dinklage and his comments that he made. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, that... I'm assuming in general to continue on with this, you know, being uh, tiptoeing around and being politically correct and making sure, it, which I don't think this is in the same realm. Um, they cast it for the new Willy Wonka. They casted, um, Hugh, yeah. Hugh Grant as Hugh Grant the Oompa as... Loompa.
0: Yeah. You didn't know and,
1: about that? Um, no. Uh, so I, I, I oh, just yeah. in the I CGI read an article
0: really don't look good.
1: No. But I read an article. There was, uh, another, um, another actor, uh, with dwarfism who mentioned like, Hey, like you're just taking jobs from us. Like what the fuck? And you know, like, oh, yeah. this goes in the same vein as like Peter Dinklage making comments and then then taking jobs from them for the, the that seven that magical creatures
0: like, poster about before. Where the heck did I put that video?
1: So, um, that was just a quick aside, uh, since we were talking about, um, you know, obviously for this role, they casted uh, an actor with dwarfism. Uh,
0: Dylan you know. Postal is uh, a guy who came out quite vocally after the uh, Seven Not Dwarves came out, um, and he's an actor. He, he actually worked with the WWE, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's done other things, and uh, he was basically he, the word he was using was dwarves. He was calling people with mm-hmm. dwarfism dwarves, yeah. Um, which is why I hesitate to use it uh, because I honestly don't know what the correct term is. It feels like every time you find the right term for something, it gets changed that day.
1: Yeah. Um. um I, I don't know if, or, yeah, little people. Uh, little people dwarves, I just say so, someone with dwarf, someone with dwarfism. That's I think pretty that much what I've been doing too. <laughs>
0: um, Fellers with dwarfism. Um, so, but yeah, there's a an interview with him. Oh man, who was interviewing him? It was like one of those guys that no one likes. Uh, oh heck, I can't remember. But basically, he was like. They were talking about the Oompa Loompas and things like that. And he's like, these were characters that were written into these stories Um, for these actors, right?
1: Okay, so hold on. So here is a website literally called Understanding Dwarfism. Uh, And it does say that the term dwarf is uh, commonly accepted.
0: Okay, cool. God, I'm so glad I'm not a bigot. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they said uh, dwarf, dwarf, and little person, um, or person of short stature, are all. Well, that, this is this is th- those are commonly used in the United States. But this website that says Understanding Dwarfism, which seems like a pretty legit website.
0: All right. So uh, it sounds to me like the only one they don't want using is uh the. Forgive me for being perfectly clear here, but midget, I think, is the one they don't want to be yeah. called.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep, it says here, midget is considered to be disparaging.
0: Okay. I will never say that word again. I vow it right now on my life.
1: Yes, agreed. Um, Yes. (laughs) So. All right, cool. Dwarves. Dwarf. Dwarf. Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, but um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's another aspect of these Mad Max movies that I really like is that they, they have so many roles for people that you know don't normally get roles in things. So like, uh, I mean, Angela Rosito as a dwarf, um, Bruce Spence who plays, I think the pilot in both of these movies in Road Warrior and Mad Max or uh, Beyond Thunderdome, Um, he's like, a non conventionally attractive dude he's just like a tall lanky guy uh yeah he's in these uh the first bad max has um an individual with some sort of uh mental uh uh, what's the correct word um he's simple um God, I hope that's not the wrong term. But um
1: <laughs> you're gonna get canceled.
0: But then, like Beyond Thunderdome has another guy who I think he has. I, th- it's implied he has some sort of Down syndrome.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe I believe he does. You're talking about uh, Blaster? Yeah, Blaster.
0: Um, I believe he yeah. has Down
1: syndrome. I believe he does. Let me see if there is. they had two separate actors who played blaster
0: that makes sense i could see one being a body double and then when they pull the helmet off uh, yeah him playing the face paul larson by the way uh is the face
1: paul larson yeah i also was curious because um I know uh, from the original one. I, I I thought for a second they were doing it like like it, he's literally the same dude from the original Mad Max. Um, you know who I'm talking about the the guy who lives with, on the farm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's who I was talking about at first. Um. Oh, I can't remember his character. I feel like it's Kevin or Stevie
1: or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Um No. It it was I, I I still liked it as a movie. Um, I don't know. I think I still like Fury Road more than all mean, of Fury them Fury
0: Road is like the culmination of them all, right? Like Yeah. It takes all of the best aspects from each one and puts it in a Fury Road.
1: Yeah, that definitely which is cranks... why it feels
0: like such a culmination and such a masterpiece.
1: Yeah, it it is just like it, they just like crank that shit up to 10. Um Oh yeah. No, it it is just go okay. go go like full adrenaline the entire way. So
0: um, it's like the most fun parts of each of these movies are like the car chases and the fighting yeah
1: no I mean and this Fury Road is literally just a, a movie long car chase yeah <laughs> so I I love it um, yeah no good stuff so yeah uh the whole Mad Max series two big thumbs up uh yes. May of 2024 we will have Furiosa Ooh. according to what I've seen it is in post-production. Um,
0: hopefully as long as as long as there's no issues eventually yeah so uh, (laughs) they're not gonna you know you (laughs) know who for a while
1: you know who has already resolved all their stuff and gotten the okay to continue production is a24
0: oh yeah but that's because they just let everyone do whatever they want
1: oh yeah so um yeah so uh you want to move on to in this uh, very very similar themes here uh, twisted, twisted metal. metal. Um, um,
0: I was so excited to watch this that I watched all ten episodes in one day.
1: Yeah, um, I watched the first five over the course of. So I guess we'll only yeah. be
0: talking about the first five.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to ruin. It. I actually am enjoying it. Um, I watched the first That's five. That's what I, think, I was
0: surprised about.
1: One day. Yeah, I went into it being like, I think this is gonna be absolute shit. Um, and then from the get-go, I think from like episode one, I was kind of like, damn, this is actually kind of a cool like plot that they got going on.
0: Yeah. Um, if I remember, I think one of my concerns before the show started was, uh, from what I remember of playing the Twist Metal Day de- games back in like the PlayStation Two era. Um, was that there's like a pretty heavy supernatural element to them. Like they partake in this tournament that's supposed to grant them a wish. Yeah. Um, and that wish is usually very much a genie wish. It's a two-sided blade, one might say. Um yeah. But like, I just wasn't sure what they were going to do with that coming into this. And it hasn't really been touched upon yet. Let me look at my notes here real quick. Boop, 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 Yeah. Um, there is one comment in an episode that you haven't gotten to yet where I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if anything's gonna come of that. Um, but other than that, it's very rooted, very grounded. Um, I think it does a very good job, even just in the very first episode of establishing. Uh, it sets up the backstory of the setting pretty well. Yeah. Um. Let's see what I write down here. Um. It is a comedy. It's a full-blown comedy, but it, I feel like the humor is more hit than miss for me. Mm-hmm. Um, sets up a number of personal and series long villains establishes stakes. Death is real and possible. I also thought that the soundtrack was pretty good in that first episode. So those were like my four big notes, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, I, I agree. I've liked, I like the soundtrack and yeah, the, uh, the comedy, it, it it just feels it feels good natural um
0: yeah even the parts where i didn't laugh there was usually a payoff later on calling back to that where i did
1: laugh yeah
0: um yeah. or I'd at i didn't like, um, smile to myself
1: you know <laughs> yeah i think i think sweet tooth is great as a character they've done well uh with yeah him. i
0: almost wish they had just let I wish Joe, I could see like, the scenes him. where Samoa Joe does the lines. Yeah. Just so that I could compare the two. You know? Um, yeah,
1: because his voicing him again? Is it Will Arnett? Will Arnett voices him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. like, he doesn't do bad.
1: No, yeah, he just, no. He, um...
0: I just yeah, he, have... He does a good job. When I hear Will Arnett, I see Will Arnett. And
1: yeah.
0: he in my brain doesn't match what Samoa Joe looks like.
1: There's like a couple
0: moments that are just like minor gripes for me where I'm like, uh... His body movement doesn't really quite line up with the lines that are coming out of his mouth, but it's like it's not... It's not something I think most people would get upset about by any means. Yeah. Um, This... This show, like Mad Max the vehicles very much feel like characters i mean yeah. one of them literally has a name <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're introduced to evelyn in the very first episode
1: yeah um true yeah yeah evelyn
0: anything about the uh then we All have my notes Am- by we have the way we have
1: amber amber the, the pharmacist amber the
0: pharmacist the
1: the chick they gotta go get the medicine for for the old lady on the, the big rig on the convoy. Oh yeah 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 she, she just give us a name. Um which I wanna say that was my favorite like I'd wanna be living in the convoy. That seemed like a good time.
0: Yeah, but you, unlike most of uh America, I would say, know what squirrel tastes like. hello <laughs> <laughs>
1: um they do they
0: yeah do you, do you also know what possum tastes like
1: i i've had squirrel before i have had squirrel i haven't had possum have you ever had have you ever had uh what was it um uh, what was it tiger
0: have <laughs> you ever Have I ever had white tiger steaks? Oh, yeah. uh, mm, Hmm. No, can't say I have. (laughs) Apparently it's really fucking good though.
1: Apparently.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My notes Uh are just all episode by episode. So. (sighs) Second episode I wrote, um, sweet truth. Uh, intro slash his play i'm gonna be honest i didn't like the introduction of sweet tooth but the longer he was in the show the better he got
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: um and actually my other note for the second episode was they better get back in the fucking car soon (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah definitely
0: uh I think this episode is where it's like expressly written out to you through the plot that this is going to be like an absurd self-aware kind of show. Um, Mm -hmm. because when you're getting a whole play from a serial killer and his play is just like the concierge desk (laughs) explaining to you the amenities of the establishment, um, I think very quickly you realize what you're in for. Yeah.
1: That was pretty good. Uh,
0: Episode three. They go to the DMV.
1: They do, yeah. Um, This is the. uh, That's where you kind of meet. You get more acquainted with uh, Old Stone. Officer Stone. Stone. Oh, Agent Stone, yeah. Agent Stone. And then the whole crew in there. Um, yeah, that one was... It was alright. Yeah,
0: it was alright. Um, I like the idea. Like, there's a lot of puns in this whenever you say them, right? Because it's the DMV, but it's also functioning as like a jail kind of place for the this like police organization. I forget what they call themselves. The Lawmen, I think. Yeah. It's like a Lawman, uh, checkpoint. Um, but it's in the it's in the Hoover dam. And Mm -hmm. when they escape, then you can kind of be like, Oh, the dam broke. He, 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 (laughs) um, but then like the second in command being beat to death while he's jerking it to little
1: girl. I don't know if
0: it was hentai, but at least manga, (laughs) uh, (laughs) <laughs> i wrote that down uh, dude gets beat to death jerking it to hentai slash manga period yeah interesting period <laughs> um pretty funny uh this show does pretty good about giving you satisfying character deaths so when you yeah. get this like snaky weaselly kind of character who dies with his dies with his dick in his hand. Um, yeah. It's it lands.
1: <laughs> well, I'm like, she even, it, it's a, like, she even just like confronts him and like, she has a gun point at him and he's literally just like, here, I got two fucking. What do I don't even remember what he said, but he just like opens his legs. And he's like, I got two, two fucking balls for you or whatever. And she's like, dude, she's literally got a gunpoint at you. She's like, so yeah, Weasley Weasley guy gets his head bashed in with his dick in his hands.
0: Sometimes you just gotta die horny. Yeah. Episode uh, four was the convoy introduction, so that's where that they was. get swallowed by a semi, and then
1: uh. Yep, you you have the whole it's it's the good life in there, you know. I thought
0: the concept of the convoy was interesting. Another guy that I watch. He said he hated it. He was like, This is, this was the worst part of the show for him, was just everything having to do with the convoy.
1: I loved it. It's very far fetched. There's no way that they're keeping, like, uh, there's no way that
0: they're extending you know, those five bridges. my trucks like interlocked and there's no way that they're at the same they're, speed they're not keeping
1: those at a consistent speed. I mean, I guess you're putting it on cruise control, but even that like uh, cruise control is enough of a variation that there's no way they're keeping those things attached. Yeah,
0: you're gonna have like some drift left or
1: right, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, we're not we're not in the show exactly. We're not in the show for accuracy. I, I don't care.
0: Um uh, this is I feel like the real beginning of like the romance in the show. because uh, you yeah. get the movie theater scene, which I found very touching. Yep. Um there's a at this point I was like, Oh, there's a lot of like early two thousands nostalgia that's being played on in a rather endearing way. Yeah, so it's I was not gonna just say like, ooh, back scene. Th- this back this boys. was supposed
1: to be like two thousand two was when the world like collapsed or whatever. Yeah. Um, because I think we at at the very beginning when he's driving through the mall, we literally have a, a, a PS two copy of yeah, Twisted Metal Twisted that Metal, but... that falls onto his windshield. It's kind of like, oh, like what would that be doing in a mall? Well, yeah, it's two thousand two. Yeah, so um, makes sense. Because like, yeah, you had you had what you had a Knight's Tale movie poster and, and with Heath Ledger, and I think I can't remember what the other one was
0: or uh have you gotten to the episode where they go into Agent Stone's backstory? Uh
1: yes, uh, yeah, yeah, where they um yeah, where he's like uh, he's like he was like a mall cop. Yeah. He was he was a cop who was stationed at the mall. But
0: then the the one girl's got like a Nokia, I think, and yeah. it's, it starts glitching whenever everything else starts glitching and she's like should have gotten a razor and I just I laughed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. fuck you.
1: Yeah, I think it was also just like the style, like what people were wearing and like everything. Yeah, you could definitely tell it's like this whole, this whole like apocalypse happened. It was supposed to have happened at like the, the early 2000s. Yeah. So. Uh, episode five
0: vehicle v vehicle combat in the Midway.
1: Yeah, there we, go. we, um, yeah, pretty good. Now we got a uh, we we got uh old milkman using the uh the red rocket, you know.
0: Indeed. In more ways than one, yeah. <laughs> uh sex in the ball pit. Dot dot dot. <laughs> sex in the ball pit. Um uh. uh, I Oh, you haven't finished the season. Um, I haven't, no. I ended up liking the dynamic between Quiet and uh, John.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I have appreciated that. The the enemies
0: to lovers arc was pretty well done. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really paying attention too much to who wrote each episode, but I did notice for like, I think all five of these first five episodes, they're all done by, I think, Asian directors, which I found pretty interesting. The action in all of them was pretty well done. It gets kind of, like, campy, and there's some CGI that doesn't look so great in some parts, but yeah, uh, who cares, you know? Um, mm-hmm. The acting, I thought, was pretty good. Uh, after what, Like, the last thing I think I saw Anthony Mackie in was Falcon Winter Soldier and yeah, fucking hated that show and when I saw that he was in this I was not excited uh, but he's a likable character and he yeah. I mean he grows on you for sure definitely um, like I think I was sold on his character in the first episode
1: Um. yeah me too yeah I think he uh, really the first episode kind of sold me on all of it because I was like yeah I, I like him as a character and like what they're doing with like him just being this dude who like goes around and like delivers shit and then I also kind of liked where they were going with the story where it's just like, yeah, hey, make this one last delivery and then you're you're basically set up for the good life. Yeah. So.
0: I also like the, uh, like, the show does really good with character relationships, right? So, like, the villains who are villainous, like, you really fucking don't like them. Uh, mm-hmm. And not in a way that's just like, oh, this person's fucking terrible but it's like oh they're on screen they do have some pretty good charisma and um, you're not like dying for them to leave a lot of the time like I can't think of a character where I was like I just fucking hate this I think her brother quiet's brother when you first meet him I was like oh my god I can't stand this guy yeah but he's Spoiler alert, he's gone pretty quick. So, um, yep. I don't know. Like, what's his name? Steve, I think, and Sweet Tooth,
1: Stuart. Stu. Stuart, Stu. Yeah. Stuart,
0: yeah. We're S brothers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love that. Yeah, I will say I think that's that's that that's gonna be. I don't know. I appreciate that that was kind of where they went with it, where like Stu just ends up being like, "Yeah, I'll tag along, sure." Yeah,
0: <laughs> Stu's got that like I just attach myself to people who are more competent than me.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. yeah, like that. Definitely, definitely approve. I
0: and mean, like a lot so. of the world building too, like the. Is it the cannibals or whatever, and then you got the vultures, and then... These are just, like, looming threats, you know? It's, like, people that are out there. Or, I think by episode five, you've heard of the... I think they're called the Holy Men?
1: The Holy Men. That that's Episode four is where we find out about those when we're with the convoy, because they're kind of like the, uh...
0: And you just hear, like, the bells in the distance, right? Yep. Yeah. Um... this show does pretty well about taking actors I don't typically like and giving them a character that is in the correct wheelhouse for me to actually like the actor playing. Yeah. Um, Like Anthony Mackie, for instance. I was never like, oh, he's great. I was just like, he's the Falcon and the Marvel stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, he's actually a pretty good lead.
1: Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've liked him. I think he's, uh, like
0: letting him flex comedically, I think has helped he, me like him.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I, I feel like it, his like tone and everything, the way he delivers some of his lines, very, like in a very like dry, sarcastic way. Um, no, i think it works yeah so I've, I've definitely i went into this being like i don't think i'm gonna like this at all i think it's gonna be really fucking hokey and cliche and um no i've been enjoying it yeah and then i hate to use this word but
0: like i thought it was gonna be really woke you know and like really mm. try to push some like racial conflict but like it's not and in fact the conflicts you end up seeing are like class conflicts which are much more realistic yeah. um have you probably haven't seen Quiet's flashbacks, right?
1: No, okay. I have not.
0: But. Yeah, like not to get into it really, but uh, mm-hmm. when you learn her backstory, there's like some uh, you see that what's kind of driving her is like a class conflict where her and her brother retreat as, like, second-class citizens, and so they're, like, trying to find a place of their own, you know? Yeah.
1: Whenever they run into the lawmen. Yeah. I was like, that it just, that, that just makes a lot of sense, because, I mean, with the collapse of society, you don't, like...
0: Yeah, you, you've got you, the people who have things, and the people who don't have things. I mean, yeah, they set that up in the first episode, with, like, oh, milkmen make deliveries, but you cannot come inside, you know? Like, yeah, you're not yeah. a citizen.
1: Exactly. So yeah, and very clearly when you see New San Francisco, you're just like, yeah, it's definitely fucking cushy in some of these places compared to compared to what it is outside. So, yeah, no, I'm excited to uh get into the other 5 episodes. The only reason I stopped watching it is cuz it was getting, you know, getting close to today and I had not watched any of the original 3 Mad Maxes. Yeah. So, had um, to hop on those.
0: I would say my major gripe is just pacing with the show i think there's like one or two episodes that could have been trimmed down a
1: lot yeah i think uh was it number three the dmv felt it felt long yeah yeah
0: and then whenever you get to like i think episode seven and eight they uh drag a little bit but nine and ten wrap things up pretty well i think nice Um, and the way the show weaves off um I hope it gets a second season because I would, I want to see what they would do with it. Uh, I also learned that Iffy Nwadawe. I hope I'm saying that right. Probably not. Uh, you know who Iffy
1: is, right? Um, what did he? He's from. Hasn't he worked on like Dimension Twenty? Uh, and like
0: he's done. He's been in like a bunch of College Humor stuff, and I think he yeah, worked yeah. for College Humor and some other things.
1: Yeah, uh, so I think I think you texted me saying he wrote he wrote episodes or
0: he definitely wrote uh, episode eight, I believe.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, I can't. I know That's I texted it to you though. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like he's the one that beats Brennan in the uh, um actually little quiz game that they do all the time.
1: Oh yeah, just.
0: <laughs> it's so funny Cause like Brennan's so mad <laughs> uh, God yeah. my favorite thing Is when they do shit Just to fucking Wind Brennan out Like
1: Oh like when he uh, the, the rule is uh, Brennan can't win
0: Oh yeah That game <laughs> Yeah but There's another one Where they have a mini game And it's like Name the bird because there's a oh, bit yeah. about like Brennan knows all these bird facts or something, and like they give that. him
1: they give him like these like insanely difficult birds, and they're getting like <laughs> yeah, chicken just, like, or
0: absolutely undeniable, and they keep giving Katie uh sack whatever whatever name is um chicken, yeah, 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 <laughs> and then it turns out the whole game was just like <laughs> whoever's heartbeat rises the highest uh like doesn't get a point for that round or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so when he's like getting these birds he can't get and everyone else is getting chickens, he's like losing his shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man.
1: Game changers is great.
0: There's some good stuff on uh Dropout College Humor on Dropout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um well you got anything else?
0: The only other thing I would talk about is that I think Bill Burr was on uh, Howie Mandel's podcast, mm-hmm. and you can find the whole episode on uh, YouTube. And I just found it to be a very touching sort of conversation.
1: Nice. Well, I'm have to look that up.
0: I don't know. I like Bill Burr. I know some people don't. Um, Bill Burr. He's he's definitely in my top. Uh, list of comedians that I like and I think are not going to be involved in scandals anytime soon (laughs) yeah I also think he's one of the better characters in Mandalorian so
1: yeah for sure
0: um go watch it sweet um yeah I guess that's it next week we will have more uh twisted metal talk and I think we'll be able to talk more broadly to about how we felt the series started, stopped, went on. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that because I—I mean, <laughs> I don't want to give you the out of ten yet, but <laughs> it's looking pretty good.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we'll do the next five episodes of Twisted Metal. You want to do another movie from the list, or a couple uh, movies?
0: You know what I've been wanting to watch again? Have you ever seen Conan the Barbarian? I haven't. No. We should see if that's streaming somewhere. Sweet. And I'm probably able to find watch it. Watch that Conan the Barbarian.
1: All right. Yeah, so I had Mad Max on here. I had Bronson, Future World, Water World, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah, we got to get into the John Carpenter's eventually.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. We could do Conan. Conan and Twisted Metal. Yeah, let's do Conan the Barbarian. And for the record, we're doing the Schwarzenegger one, all right? Not the Jason right. Momoa, because the Jason Momoa one sucks. All right.
1: Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Um, yeah. Got it down.
0: All right, fellas, that's it for this week. Uh, as always, music by Carl Casey at White Pad Audio.
1: Yes, thank you for the background music. As always, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Buy our merch. Thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) Thanks for being, if you got to this part, being the one who got to this part.
1: And as always, remember, good night. We love you. Kiss your dog for me. Yep. Did you want to stop recording?
0: Yeah, I'm going to stop recording any day now.
1: Do, do you want me to hit it? All right, I can hit it.
0: I can't remember the command for it.
1: Can I just hit stop recording on here?